0: Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. Today we're talking about the Kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit. You know, it says in the Word that the Kingdom is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Godhead at work expressing and manifesting the fullness of the kingdom in us. So come on, join with us as we talk about being baptized in the Holy Ghost. The series on the kingdom and the kingdom and the Holy Spirit are deeply connected. And so the Holy Spirit and the kingdom are a big, big deal. Right, so I got a bunch of slides, and Chantel, she's going to fly through them with me, but we're going to teach. Now, all these, every week, all these notes are online even before the service. So even the sermon I sang last week was already online, and that was a sermon, and it was a good one. And I, I mean, I, I wanted to preach that sermon, and uh, anyway, it came out a little bit different, but that's okay. That's okay. Hey. Hey, the good news is not Jesus, and it is not that you get to go to heaven. That is good news. And Jesus himself is packing a whole lot of goodness. But that's not the gospel. The good news, the gospel, is that God became a man. God stepped out of eternity. God... God, in the form of his own son, God came, emptied himself of divinity, became just like you and I, so that he could bring his kingdom to earth. The good news is, and that's what Jesus preached, I got good news for you. The kingdom of God is now within your reach. The kingdom of God is here among us. The reign and rule of your heavenly father is in full expression. Pray like this, our Father, which thou art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What does that mean, thy kingdom come? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's the standard of your everyday life? As it is in heaven. If you're not walking every day and as it is in heaven, you just turn and say, Holy Ghost, fix me up here. Drop a little more juice on me because I need the power of God in full expression. That's your standard. Nothing more, nothing else. Just... Heaven on earth is my standard. Everywhere I go, packing the kingdom, packing the glory of God. That's what Jesus came to do. Where the kingdom is embraced, where the kingdom of God is embraced, where it's embraced, there is a community being built, a church For the advancement of his eternal purpose in the earth. So the reason we are being brought together, he is forming us. He's bringing us together. The new temple is not going to be built in Jerusalem. It's not mortar and bricks and stones. The new temple, the body I have prepared for myself is us. We are living stones being knit together for a habitation of God himself. And he's going to fill the earth with his glory through these congregations of living stones. The rivers of his power and glory are going to flow out and fill the earth. And where these communities are coming in and understanding and Revelation of the Kingdom, Jesus is building and building and building and imparting. <clears throat> ah. He's building a place. He's building a community. He's building a living body. He is the head and he has a body, the living body, which he expresses his headship through. Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Fully come. What, when, what, what is Pentecost? When was the day of Pentecost? What is Pentecost? Pentecost literally means 50. 50. So Pentecost happened 50 days after Passover. It didn't happen on day 49, and it didn't happen on day 51. Pentecost is 50 It's a feast that took place 50 days after Passover. So it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 49, 48, sorry, 48, 49, 50, 49, 48, 50. So it doesn't matter how hard they tried, doesn't matter how hard they tarried, doesn't matter how hard they worked, the Holy Ghost wasn't coming until the day of Pentecost. So the Holy Ghost didn't come on the day of Pentecost because they all got in unity and grunted really hard. The Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost because that was the eternal purpose of God. That was the timetable of the feast. It would happen 50 days after Passover, Pentecost. And that's why he came. In fact, they were not in the posture of prayer. They were all sitting down, waiting for a person to show up. They were waiting for a person. They were waiting for someone who Jesus said he would send, who was just like me in fact he's not similar to he is exactly the same as me so they were waiting they were expecting jesus left and he said it's better that i go away because someone is coming who's going to give you a blast they're in one accord in one place and they were all filled with the holy ghost they all prayed in tongues filled with power filled with majesty fire fell on everyone a church a body of christ the body of christ a royal priesthood a holy nation church ecclesia ecclesia is called out and called out once. called out it is not an individual it's a place where you were called to gather it's a gathering of people that are brought together Jesus had a cabinet a governing body he had a partners for a global plan of reconciling everything to himself you are the eternal purpose of God to reconcile everything in the earth to himself you are not people waiting for the bus to take you to heaven You are people who have been invested in right now to bring transformation, to bring heaven on earth, to transform every nation. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. If we're just trying to rub on Jesus to cope with everyday life, you're missing your purpose. That's taken care of. All my needs are met. In Christ Jesus, according to, not out of, but according to his riches and glory, you are recklessly abundantly supplied for. That's the sign of his kingdom in our lives out of, called out a cabinet ministering, just like Caesar had a cabinet, just like, just like Mr. Trudeau has a cabinet, just like there's government in the United States and all over the place. Jesus has called together a group of people to exercise his government through. So he wants to manifest himself in the earth through the ecclesia. Jesus used the word when he said ecclesia that they all understood. They all understood this word. It wasn't a new Bible word. Church, we've never heard that before. That was a word, he used a word that was common to them. And he said, I'm just like Caesar, just like every other government has a government to reign and rule through. I have a government. And of the increase of my government and peace, there shall be no end. And Jesus dropped the Holy Ghost on a community and he said, this is my cabinet. I have made for myself kings and priests to demonstrate my glory in the earth. And that's who we are. That's what happened at Pentecost, the Ecclesia. Those people who were called to assemble on the ecclesia, he dropped his affirmation, these are my people. This is my resting place. How are you? Yeah. All right, boom. Romans fourteen seventeen says, for the kingdom of God, it's not eating and drinking. It's not about ceremonial stuff. It's not about keeping laws of special foods, special days, special systems. It's not about that. It's not even in that. The kingdom isn't in that stuff. The kingdom of God is its righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let's do some grammar. You ready to do some grammar? Boom. Okay, right there. I'm going to take that middle part out. I'm going to pull together the white letters. The white letters say, for the kingdom of God is in the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, however you like. I like ghosts. I don't know about you, but I love Ghost. It's not Casper the friendly ghost. He's more friendly than Casper. I love the Holy Spirit. Don't you love the Holy Spirit? The kingdom's in the Holy Spirit. So if you are a kingdom person, you are in the Holy Spirit. That's vital to you. The person of the Holy Spirit is your best friend. You have walking revelation with him. He speaks to you. You speak to him. You walk in his authority. He's revealing to you kingdom dynamics and things. The Holy Ghost. You see, you don't have to try to be a kingdom person. You got the kingdom comes to you. The person of the Godhead makes his living in you. And through you, he manifests the kingdom. It is a 100% Holy Ghost hundred percent. No, no, it's one percent me. No, it's not. It's a hundred percent Holy Ghost. It's his thinking. It's his moving. It's his will. It's his mind. It's his leading in every circumstance of life. It is so awesome to be led and flooded and empowered by. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by you increasing in knowledge or trying to figure it out for yourself. It's not. It's by the Holy Spirit. And that's why, here was the first command of the church. You ready? First command of the church was what? Wait. Wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Even though I've taught you a bunch of stuff, even though I've given you incredible commandments, even though I filled you with knowledge of your purpose going forward, don't do a thing with what I've given to you. Don't do anything until you are saturated, whacked, baptized, pickled in the Holy Ghost that's the first commandment boom all right there you go john 16 7 and 13 it says it is to your advantage that i go away i mean imagine these guys they've given up everything they they're following jesus everything he he's supplying every one of their needs everything comes from him they've given up everything they're following him for the better part of three years and then all of a sudden he's going guys i'm leaving what guys i'm leaving Where are you going? I mean, can we follow you? No, no, you don't understand. He says, I'm leaving, but it's good for you. It's good for you that I go. Are you crazy? I mean, what is it going to be like without you? I thought you were the king. I thought you were setting up a kingdom. I thought that we were going to reign and rule with you. You can't go. I am going. And it's actually better for you that I go. Better. He said, because if I go, it's to your advantage. I'm going to send to you the helper. And he will not come to you if I do not depart. But if I depart, I will send him, say him, to you. However, when he, say he, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will, he will guide you into all truth let me read it from the amplified version you ready however i'm telling you nothing but the truth when i say it's profitable good expedient advantageous for you that i go away but if i do not go away the comforter counselor helper advocate intercessor strengthener stand by great descriptions of the holy ghost all great descriptions of his office and what he does for you he will not come to you into close fellowship with you but if i go away i will send him to you and he will be in close fellowship With you. Is the Holy Spirit in close fellowship with you? Oh, well, only when I'm good. You know, when I'm in the Spirit, it's awesome. But when I'm not, that's not true. The Holy Spirit is with you constantly. He will never leave you or forsake you. He has made his fixed dwelling place in you. The address of Holy Spirit is D. Carl Thomas. That's where he lives. Ah! It's where he lives. It's not sometimes I'm in and sometimes I'm out. I'm whacked in the Holy Ghost every day even when I sleep, especially when I sleep. But where's he gonna come? He's gonna come to the world. He's gonna come to the atmosphere. He's gonna every once in a while fall in places. You'll feel him every once in a blue moon. No, he came to you. I will send him to you. Point at your neighbor and say, you. He didn't come to the atmosphere. He didn't come in the ooey gooey. Ooh, did you feel the Holy Ghost? Well, we do feel the Holy Ghost. But most important, the Holy Ghost is in you. Touch your belly, hit your belly. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. He lives here. Hello, Holy Ghost. How are you today? He really is. He's made you as fixed the boat and dwelling place. Got a picture right here of a couple of vehicles, all right? All right, so you're going to be in a race tomorrow with people, and the first one to Toronto gets a million dollars, and your choice is you can choose one of these two vehicles to get you to Toronto. And that's not Herbie the love bug, I'm sorry. But I mean, which car are you gonna choose? I mean, you're gonna choose a Ferrari. Come on, who doesn't want to drive a red Ferrari? Who doesn't want to? You know what, if you were given the option of what car to drive, to drive as fast as you can for benefits, incredible benefits, you would choose properly. Well, I'm telling you, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away because I'm going to send you another, and you're going to be advantaged. I mean, everybody else in the race is going to be with a, a little Volkswagen bug, but you're going to boom. And you're going to hit the pedal, and life's going to change. He sent you something that will give you an advantage. You're going to be advantaged. In every issue of life, you're advantaged. When you go to work tomorrow, you walk in the door, and everybody goes, this person is transforming our industry this person is packing knowledge out of this world this person walks in favor like no one else when you walk in the door you lift your head up high and you say all the wisdom all the revelation of God himself is coming with me all the power that spoke to the atoms and commanded them to do things I am packing an anointing that can shift every circumstance and situation Hey. That's true. You are incredibly advanced. Jesus did not do a single supernatural act without the Holy Ghost. Not one. Jesus did not. Jesus, the man, did nothing without the Holy Ghost. He emptied himself of divinity, which means he pushed aside. He was still God, but he didn't operate out of being God. He wanted us to see what a man can do. He came as a man. Are there any men and women in the place here? Any human beings in the room today? He was just like you he had no benefits beyond who you are right now and every supernatural function he did he did it by the power of the holy spirit that he got whacked and baptized in whacked and baptized are the same thing for me in case you need a glossary for the sermon i like whacked don't you how many have been whacked makes sense You are whacked to the Holy Ghost. You are so advantageous in every single circumstance. Jesus, it says the Spirit came upon him. The Spirit drove him into the wilderness. The Spirit empowered him. And then it says the Spirit anointed him. Everything Jesus did was by the power of the Spirit. Amen. I want to tell you about a guy, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I want to tell you about a man. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil. I'm not telling you about God. I'm telling you about a man. And you, what Jesus did, he just showed you how you can live. Jesus was a living example. Not, He didn't do all that stuff to get you into heaven. John the Baptist said, Here's what Jesus is going to do. He's going to get you into heaven. Hallelujah. He didn't say that. He said, Jesus is going to come. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. The whole purpose of Jesus' life and ministry was so that he could replicate himself, that he could reproduce in you the nature of the kingdom of God, and you could walk and dominate in every sphere of life and demonstrate his greatness and goodness everywhere you go. If this is true... Wowzers. There's way more power in this room to change the world. Man, I tell you. You know, it was 120 people in the upper room. There's more than that here. 120. You know why we're here today? Because that 120 people got whacked in the Holy Ghost. Say whacked. Church isn't about singing a few songs and preaching a sermon and We sang those songs. Isn't God good? Now, God wants you to be a better person. Now get out there and try harder this week. Come back next week and I'll give you another moral lesson on how to behave yourself. You know, morality comes from your union with the Holy Ghost. Purity and holiness comes from that. And should we have some? Yes, we should have gobs of it. If Christ is in you, it should show. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. Any experience you have ever had with God is by the Spirit. Any experience you have had with God has been by the Spirit. You didn't work it up on your own. You didn't do it by yourself. It was God, every single thing. Ephesians 2.18 says, Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. There's the Trinity, the Father, the Holy Ghost, and Christ. There it is. Every single activity you have, anytime you engage the Godhead, anytime you are engaged with him, all of it is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the economic manifestation of the Godhead. He's the one who's here on earth today. When Jesus went to heaven, he said, high five to the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost came really fast. He hit the ground, boom, the brakes burned up and the fire fell on everybody. He couldn't wait to get here. But every experience you have with God right now is by the Holy Spirit every single one, and we all have it, all of us, A.W. Tozer, he said, what comes into your minds when you think about God is the most important thing about you, what you think about God, see, because we all have a God of our own making, what I think about God is affected by what I know about him, what what revelation I've allowed myself to walk in, but all of us have a God of our own making, there's God, and then there's what we think is God, but the most important thing about you is your revelation of God. Here's the beautiful thing. He wants to reveal himself. And if you open your heart, he will give you everything. He will not hold back. He will fully disclose all that he is to you. And you can have that simply by watching enough of God TV. No, you can have that simply by leaning in to the person of the Holy Spirit. And he will speak to you every day of your life. What's so beautiful about Jesus is he gave us a built-in tutor. Isn't that awesome? You know what my job is? My job is to put your hand in the hand of the Holy Spirit. All I am as a pastor is an usher. Come, get fully connected with the Holy Ghost. Come, come, come. Holy Ghost. Here's Joey. Joey, Holy Ghost. And Joey, don't let anything hinder you. Don't let your past encroach upon this. Don't let anything. Because the blood of Jesus has been applied to your life. Now you have free and absolute access to the Father. Don't be limited in any way. Joey, Holy Ghost. It says, you will not be taught by men. The Holy Spirit himself will teach you. We got a lot of teachers. We don't have a lot of fathers. A lot of fathers will hook you up with the Holy Ghost. A lot of teachers will say, depend on me to teach you every day. But I tell you, you can get tied up with the Holy Spirit. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, the idea of the Spirit held by the average church member is so vague as to be nearly non-existent. Wow. Do you know the Holy Spirit? I say the, which is terrible, right? Do you know Holy Spirit? Do you know the Joey? Do you know Joey? Do you know Holy Spirit? Do you? Do you know His voice? Do you know? Do you know how to interact with Him? Do you know how to engage Him? Do you know? Because you can. So baptizing the Holy Spirit, going to give you three things really quick. We're having a baptism next week. We're going to baptize people in water. So there's three baptisms that are very important to you. There's three different baptizers, and there's three different substances that you're baptized in. The first one, you're baptized into the body of Christ. It says the Holy Spirit will baptize you into the body of Christ. You're born again. The next thing is the church, the church where you connect. And if, if, if you're being discipled, if it doesn't lead to a baptismal tank and a communion table, you're not being discipled. But the church, you're going to be baptized by people in the church. Someone's going to baptize you, and the substance is water. But then the next baptism, it says, and Jesus will baptize you in the substance. What's the substance? The person of the Holy Spirit. What happened on Pentecost was a baptism. See, if you say, well, I'm already filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm born again. Well, no, no, You're, you're born into the body of Christ. But that's not the baptism of the Spirit. That's the baptism in the body of Christ. And the baptizer is the Holy Spirit. But you see, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is when Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? You're not a fully initiated believer unless you've experienced those three baptisms. You've got to be a fire breathing. And I would encourage you to be a tongue talking. Yes, sir. Do I got to speak in tongues to be filled? No, but you should. Because tongues is a beautiful gift of the Spirit that looses the praying the will of God, praying the mind of building yourself up in your Holy Spirit, in your Holy Spirit, in yourself, praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, what were you saying? I don't know. I wasn't talking to you. All right. He's God. He's a person. He's our helper. Those are three things we're going to look at right now. What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. He's not some vague influence every once in a while that drops in the room. He's God. Now, this is really good stuff that you should know. This is stuff that should be wrote to you. This is stuff that I know this stuff. And if you don't pay attention, thank you, pastor. Holy Spirit is God. He is God. He is absolutely God. The Holy Spirit is a person. Oh, he's not a person. He is. He is a person. Had somebody tell me once, Holy Ghost isn't a person. He's that feeling that falls in the room every once in a while. Sometimes when the anointing comes, that was the Holy Ghost dropped in and visited us. Holy Ghost doesn't visit. He moved in and he's still here. He stays here. He doesn't come and go. The person of the Holy Ghost is absolutely committed to you. He is fulfilling his purpose, which is reigning and ruling through you and manifesting the kingdom. Amen. And he's our helper. So the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, God is one in essence and three in persons. These definitions express three crucial truths. One, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are distinct persons. Each person is fully God, and there is only one God. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, these three persons are co-equal, co-essential, co-eternal. They are in the they are distinguishable or distinct from one another they are three distinct persons but they are one god everything that is true about god is true about the father son and holy spirit amen we're talking about he's god he is the nicene creed creeds were developed because of error they were developed because of heresy and there were heresies. People tried to think that the Holy Spirit is, is not a person. He is that ooey fluey out influence that comes and goes. It's, it's the manifestation of God. No, he's a person. So they got together and they made a Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed was, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who is with the Father and the Son, who is worshiped and glorified, and it was spoken through the prophets. Some people used to say, you can't worship the Spirit. The Spirit wants to glorify Jesus. He really does want to glorify Jesus, but it's okay to say, I worship you, Holy Ghost, you're awesome, because he's every bit God, and the Father and the Son don't get offended when you get happy about the Holy Ghost. They bless each other. It's an amazing community. They're not not jealous. They're not selfish. Westminster Confession of Faith, the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity proceeding from the Father and from the Son, the same substance and equal to in power and glory, is together with the Father and the Son to be believed in, to be loved, to be obeyed, to be worshipped throughout all ages. Number two, that was he's God. He's God. He's God. He's a person. He's a person. What constitutes a person? What constitutes a person? A person. I looked it up. Here's the definition of a person a living being, the composition, the composite of characteristics to make up an individual personality, the self. That's a person. He's a person. What makes a person a personality is the pattern of collective character, behaviors, temperament, emotional and mental traits of a person, a living soul. What's a living soul? Thinking, desires, and feelings, mind, will, and emotion. The Holy Ghost has a mind. The Holy Ghost has a will. The Holy Ghost has an emotion. The Holy Spirit is a person, and that person of the Holy Ghost manifests himself as all the things just like you have a soul. The Holy Ghost has a soul. He has a mind, he has will, and he has emotions. He's thinking about stuff. He will lead you into all truth. He's thinking. He's pouring thoughts on you. He's filling your head with the mind of Christ. He's thinking. He also has emotions. You can grieve Him. You can resist Him. You can also have His joy. There's emotion. There's passion. There's, there's The Holy Ghost can be received. He can be affected. He's affectionate. There's a will. There's a will with the Holy Ghost because he wants to influence things. He wants to move things forward. He has a purpose and he's intentional about what he's doing. And he has a mind, he has a will, and he has emotions. Divine attributes, omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence, all knowledge, thinking, mind, omnipotence, power, exerting purpose and force, omnipresence, all presence. He is felt and he feels and he expresses emotion. Hey! That was two points of a three-point sermon already. Say, thank you, Pastor. Last one, you ready? He's our helper. He works with us, and his work is described by Jesus. He works with us. Love this verse. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit is interceding for you. The Holy Spirit, if there's a gap in your life where you're not manifesting God, the Holy Spirit is closing that gap himself. He's closing that gap in your experience. If there's something not manifesting like it should, He's helping you. He's coming into that gap. He's filling it up and saying, no, you're not half a child of God. You're the full package. And He's interceding for you to make up the difference. Yeah! with groanings which cannot be uttered he searches the hearts he knows the mind of the spirit what it is because he makes intercession intercession for the saints according to the will of God it says when you pray in the spirit and you pray in tongues you're praying the will of God if you're in a situation that you don't know what to do here's the beautiful thing about tongues in my mind I have no idea how to pray right now I don't know what I just prayed but I do know this I prayed the will of God in to existence. How amazing is that? Seems pretty dumb. Well, I think God set it up that way just to offend your mind. Because you're just too smart to pray in tongues, aren't you? That tongue talking, that's for crazy Pentecostal folks. No, that tongue talking is for fully initiated people of the kingdom who want to manifest every package of what he's got. If you're too smart to speak in tongues, you're too smart for yourself. Hey, hey, be nice. All right. Intercession according to the will of God. Helps. 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 That word helps is a Greek word. You ready for the Greek word? lambanomai. Helps is one syllable, but in the Greek it's five. That word helps, we just say helps. Sunanti lambanomai. That's a big Greek word. It's a word that means soon, ante, and lambano. It's a partnership. It means that he comes alongside with joint effort and partnership. Anti is against. He comes and he's filled with rage he's filled with rage he's filled with rage wherever you're not manifesting the fullness of god he comes against anything that was working against you he's filled with rage to remove every obstacle for you fully manifesting god he's passionate about your maturity he's passionate about the kingdom being manifest in and through you is anybody still here He's passionate. Lambano means he's going to take to himself and he's going to remove. There's a joint thing where he's bringing you to himself and he's removing everything that's unnecessary. So he's helping you. Jesus defined the work of the Holy Spirit in the upper room. He said, when he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Another translation, when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. When he comes, and having come, he'll bring a demonstration to the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. When the helper comes, he will show people of the world, show what people? People of the See, a lot of people take this passage and say, you know what the Holy Ghost does? He convicts you. Rubbish. Let me say it again. He convicts you. Rubbish. It says he convicts the world. Those who are in Christ Jesus, to those who are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You know what the word convicts means? It means convict. Comes alongside and says, look at you, you convict. Now there you go again, you convict. You know, that's what you are. You're a convict. And I've been sent to remind you every single day look at your behavior, you convict. Look at you, you convict. You're such a loser. See, a lot of people think the Holy Spirit's there to be the beat cop in your life. The minute you step out of line, bam, loser, bam, you blew it, you're a loser. See, that's what a lot of people think that passage means. I just read you all kinds of translations. It doesn't mean that. What does it mean, Pastor? I'm glad you asked me. Smith Wigglesworth said, The Holy Spirit never brings condemnation. He always reveals the blood. Are there any sinners here today? Don't put your hand up. Are there any saints here today? I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I'm a saint. Because if you think you're a sinner, you know what sinners do? They sin. You know what plumbers do? They fix your pipes. Any plumbers here today? Paul, Paul wrote to the church that was so screwed up. It was Corinthians. The Corinthian church was so screwed up. And Paul wrote to it and he said, to the saints of God in Corinth. What do you see when you look in the mirror? A convict or a saint? you got to understand what Jesus said about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not coming to condemn you. The Holy Ghost is coming to help you. The Holy Ghost is coming to bring you all the benefits of heaven. The Holy Ghost is going to come powerfully. That doesn't mean that he's not going to have conversations with you about sin. But he's not coming to condemn you. He's coming to say, how's that going for you? Can we talk? I love you. I'm nuts about you. But I'm telling you, this works better this way. He doesn't come to convict you, but he will have conversations with you. Unless your heart becomes hard and you can't pay attention anymore. All right. John 16:9. 9. See, see, he even explains what he means. He'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And then you read down and he explains it. Of sin? He's going to convict the world of sin? What does he mean? What do you mean by that, Jesus? He's going to convict the world of sin because. (laughs) Because they do not believe in me. So what is the sin he's talking about that he's going to convict the world of? He's going to convict the world of the sin of unbelief. That's what he's going to convict the world of. He's going to convict the world of you need to believe in me. He's gonna convict the world of the sin of unbelief, but even the greater, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and gift of forgiveness to many through this man, Christ Jesus. They're gonna show you the grace of God. Then if righteousness, what do you mean? Of righteousness, because what do you mean because? Because what? Because I I want the world to experience righteousness. I want them to have a complete revelation of righteousness because I go to my Father and you'll see me no more. What does he mean by that? What do you mean righteousness? You mean you going to the Father manifest righteousness? Yes. When he goes to the Father and the Father says, well done, awesome, he's going to sit down and send the Holy Ghost. So what you see is righteousness is Jesus did every single thing right. Jesus did. Doesn't mean you ever will, but he did. And what do I live in? He has become my righteousness, I don't stand here in my righteousness, I stand in His right ra- in His righteousness alone. I come and I stand before the throne, not in any of my performance or behavior modification, but I'm going to convince the world that there's a righteousness that only happens because I did it all and because I ascended and I completely fulfilled everything necessary for you to be restored to your Father. You are now righteous. Wowzers, wowzers. For those who receive the abundance of this grace and the gift of righteousness, not the earning of righteousness, but they receive the gift of righteousness, they shall reign in life. Hallelujah. All right, I got a Zoom notification. Okay, go away. Stop. Okay. Okay, let's move on. John 16, 11, it says, Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So what's the judgment? He's not convicting you of judgment. He's telling the world that the devil who's been messing everything up, guess what? I dealt with them. He's judged. He says, the prince of this world is judged. Satan is defeated, Hebrews 2.14, that through the death, my death I might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So Jesus is saying the Holy Ghost is gonna come and he's gonna manifest you what really sin is all about, what righteousness is all about, and he's gonna reveal to you what judgment is all about. And then he defines the whole thing for us. So the Holy Spirit proves the good news and he proves that Jesus is the only cure to sin. He declares you righteous and your accuser is destroyed. That's what Jesus said the Holy Ghost is going to do. He's not there to convict you. The timekeeper has come in the room. I must move. Catherine Coleman's favorite verse. I'm wrapping it up right now. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion, the koinonia, the intimate fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with you now and forever. That was her favorite verse, because she knew everything she operated in. I remember watching her minister. She would just go walking around. She'd be preaching, and all of a sudden, she'd go, Oh, Holy Ghost. And she'd stop, and she'd just calling people out. Boom, boom, boom. You, woman in a wheelchair, come out. She'd pop out of wheelchairs. Someone with a heart condition in the choir. Brand new heart, brand new heart. People falling out. Somebody. Like, she knew that I don't do a thing of my own. And she would just wait, and she would just wait. She would just circle, and circle, and circle, and the Holy Spirit would say, boom. It's so easy to just be led by the Holy Ghost. It's a life of incredible efficiency. Charles Finney, Charles Finney, great revivalist, great awakening. Charles Finney said, but as I turned around, I was about to take my seat by the fire. I received the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descended on me in a manner that seemed to go through my body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through me. Next slide. Indeed it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love for I could not express it any other way It seemed like the very breath of God He was asking for the Holy Spirit to baptize him and he had an experience that was like electricity going through me It was like wave after wave of the love of God. That's from his own personal uh, his own personal memoirs Ruwak. That's the Old Testament. The the Spirit, how the Spirit is named in the Old Testament, the ruach, the wind, the breath. In the New Testament, it's pneuma, the breath to blow the wind. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to be. And I want you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit today. If you say, well, I'm a part of the church, I've been baptized in water, but I've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I've never said, Jesus baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I want you to be baptized in the Spirit today. I want you to be really courageous, all right? If you could say to me, I've never been, whatever that experience is, I've never had that. I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Be really courageous now. I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. Don't be afraid. I've never experienced that. I want you to stand up. That's awesome. Thank you. I don't know. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Stand up. I know if there's something that God has for me that I'm not walking in I want it that's for you I want you to stand up because I want you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost today all right we got people on our ministry team our prayer team who's on our ministry team people could you stand up people on our ministry team could you look around there's people here right now that they say either I'm not sure I don't know or I really want to be whacked whacked did I say whacked I said whacked Elders, prayer team people, could you find somebody, and I just want to make sure somebody's, somebody's prayed for, them, you know, I want you to help right now. And I don't, I don't want you to feel strange or feel weird, I don't want you to feel awkward, I just made you stand in a public place, that's awkward, but I want you to, now I got a, a gal over here, she needs somebody with her over on my left over here, I got another fellow back there can you jump over i just need a couple of mature believers i got madeline i got pastor cheryl you back there anywhere can you somebody can you guys wander over and help me out is everybody is, is there anybody who stood up and somebody's not beside you to pray for you put your hand up so because i want you to have somebody praying for you right now all right got my brother over there is there anybody praying with my brother we got that over there want everybody to have a touch all right you, you got us right there glenn you're good all right now this is not complicated stuff This is really, it's a gift. Have you ever received a gift? Have you ever received a gift? It's a gift. And, you know, if you've ever received a gift, you just say thank you. And you receive that. All right? So if you ask him, he will fill you. It says ask and he will give the Holy Spirit to you, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. He's present. He's present in a big, big way. But I want you to be baptized. It's one thing to be in the Spirit, but it's the other thing to have the Spirit fully Manifest in your life and his power. And this is not the same as being born again. This is another experience altogether. And so, look, would all the rest of you just stand up with us now, too? Stand up. And I want you all to just join with me, all right? I want you all to just join with me. And we're all going to say this together and we're going to lay hands. It says, they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit right now so everybody pray with me right now everybody pray with me you ready Jesus baptize me now in the Holy Ghost and power Holy Spirit I receive you you are a gift and I fully embrace you thank you for fully baptizing my life